on episode 378 of the YLP podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm, your leader has returned. It has been quite some time since I've stepped out of the hyperbolic time chamber and gotten back to the swing of things and being in the YLP realm. And I dare say it is good to be back in the swing of things. And what a way to come back into the fold by discussing my favorite Big Four show of the calendar year. That being the Royal Rumble. It went down one week ago. And as we always do with YLP Podcast, when a show goes down, we usually discuss it seven days later. Give ourselves enough time to digest what had occurred. See the rumblings going down as we begin our road now to WrestleMania. And I, for one, have a good amount to say about this show some good some bad hopefully not that much ugly my real ones and my day ones know what exactly what i'm talking about also in this week's episode not only we're going to be discussing the royal rumble but we are to be going to be discussing the big news that went down last week when vincent kennedy mcmahon was accused by a former wwe employee janelle grant of sexual abuse, assault, and sex trafficking. Now, I'm sure by this point, every single one of you have heard the rumblings, have hopefully read the lawsuit. I still am reading the lawsuit as we speak because sometimes you just gotta take your time when reading such things as what was discussed in the 67 pages that was the lawsuit. And uh, I mean, I don't hate many people in life, but after reading, beginning to read uh, the lawsuit itself, it is very evident that I do officially hate Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And if the allegations of what had occurred are legitimately true, then oh dear fucking God, this is going to be something that shocks not only WWE, but the entire pro wrestling world. Some things in life you just don't want to see, but sometimes you have to see it to fully understand it and embrace it. Man, what a way to come back, huh? Royal Rumble talk, Vince McMahon doing nonsense, no other news we're going to be talking about this week, just those two, because those were the two big things that came out just a week ago, and uh, I'm a bit rusty. It's been about... You know, a little bit more than five months since I got back, you know, I was at the mic. But I think I'm going to find my way back because, ladies and gentlemen, this is three, episode 378 of the YLP Podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, good to be back, y'all. Let us begin. Wrestling Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 378 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this fine Saturday. 
And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, end with this episode. I really do greatly appreciate it. It is Saturday. Episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to try that one again. It is Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. Didn't think I was going to mess that up. Kind of did. Not going to lie. Happy New Year, first and foremost. I mean, I'm about a month late to the party, but Happy New Year nonetheless. This is episode 370 of the YLP podcast. Long overdue. We both know it. We all know it. And before we get into Royal Rumble discussions and pretty much shitting on Vince McMahon, uh, that's pretty much pun intended because of what he did, but we ain't going to talk about that yet. We're talking about Royal Rumble and this portion of the program. But yes, this is episode 378 of the YLP podcast. And before we get into the festivities and all the fun stuff, um, kind of want to talk to y'all a little bit. As y'all know, uh, if you had checked out the, uh, not the latest episode of the YLP podcast, but the um, week of Wrestle Kingdom 18 that went down, we pretty much did it the day before. Um, I have to say, uh, you know, as I said on the, on their show, uh, say, uh, they saved the best for last, in my honest opinion. That's just being being me. Um, and I love me some me. And I'm learning to love me some me again. And I had to take, as y'all knew, um, last time we did, we'd had this go around. Uh, pretty much um, second verse, same as the first at this point. And I have to hold myself accountable for a lot of stuff I have done over the past let's say four months five months we're almost it was almost five months because it was labor day weekend when yours truly did the uh, mr ylp's labor day weekend extravaganza episode and then after that i went on instagram and let people know that i was going to be going away for a while and what should have been three weeks turned into four months y'all know as of late, I've been beginning to redo, I uh, actually have season two of A Young Lion's Journey. Um, I encourage y'all to check that out if you'd like to. Um, it's basically my journey through actually going through my mental health and trying to defeat the stigma of not talking about mental health because it is a very touchy subject and I haven't been taking it to heart. I really haven't. And it's about damn time I get myself right. And the reason that I'm discussing this and putting this on wax is because this is a reminder to myself that I need to be much more accountable. And not only to hold myself accountable, but knowing that I'm putting it on wax actually holds me to a, a much more stand, um much higher standard, but one that I hold myself to. And that's on me. All of that was on me. And I'm not going to get into it on here. This is, we talk for wrestling over here. Young Lion's Journey is what we talk about when we're discussing mental health and 
going through that journey. But I have to take a journey. Not only to find who Mr. YLP is, but who Zachary Ryan Ruzika is. Yes, I just gave you my full government. Because at some at one point I was pretty much living the gimmick. And we discussed it at some point before, but it bears repeating. You know. You can't live the gimmick. There are people in the pro wrestling business that can live the gimmick and they do it 24-7 and somehow it just works for them. Me, I wasn't able to separate Mr. YLP from Zachary. And that caused a lot of problems. So, bear with me, if you will. As I said the last time we went through this, bear with me as I make my way back into the fold and it is glad to have each and every one of you back. And also, thank you very much for actually checking out the three, the first three episodes of season two of A Young Lion's Journey. There will be more, and I have to hold, put this, like I said, put this on wax to hold myself accountable. Because we all have to go through a journey at some point in our lives. And I've been holding it off for now 36 years. So bear with me as I begin the actual journey and taking the steps that are needed for me to be who exactly is Mr. YLP, the podcaster, and Zachary Ryan Rizika, the actual human. So rock with me if you will. And it is good to be back in the YLP realm. Y'all know how I get down. Saturdays with our jam and it's a vibe. And what also was a vibe was the Royal Rumble. <sighs> Dare I say, chilling in the Discord with Ricky, King Ricky Rose, and Mr. Fretz was chill. Also, Nate swung by. I believe Charles was there too. Shout out to Charles. Of course, uh, hopefully, I don't know if we're doing, you know, no, we're not doing Elimination Chamber because that damn thing's at 5 a.m. And I, ain't nobody got time for that. That's a work day for me. And usually, depending on how I'm feeling that day, I'm usually out of bed, you know, at like six or something like that. No, I'll treat it like I'll treat New Japan shows. I will watch them at my leisure <laughs> because they also do it at 5 a.m. and all that shit. And I no, 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 I will watch it at my leisure, but not live unless I randomly just go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I'm just like, OK, fine. I'll watch New Japan before I pass out. There you go. But Royal Rumble. As most of you know, at this point, if you've been listening to me for some period of time, the Royal Rumble will always be forever my favorite Big Four show. Not because of the given fact that it's like literally right around my birthday, my my, uh, and twin sister YLP's birthday. Shout out to my sister. Happy birthday. Miss you. Love you. Hope the kids are well. It's crazy. Because I hadn't, like, with my time away and chilling in the hyperbolic time chamber, I didn't really watch a lick of wrestling much. Couple shows, couple pay-per-views. But for some reason, I mean, after what happened in the summer, that was probably, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, the most insane summer, I'd say, in the history of not only professional wrestling, to my knowledge, but the also the craziest time in my podcasting career. 
For those of you that may not know, I've been doing this for the better part of seven years. Professional wrestling is my bag. Know what I mean? Professional wrestling is the one thing I do enjoy in life. Where stories are able to be told. And are played out actual on actual telly. I love I love this shit. I love it. The sport. Tis a sport, no matter what anybody else tells you. I, I was actually <laughs> this is gonna actually gonna crack me up, bro. Cause I was actually listening to uh I was at work and listening to sports radio because I am an old man in my 36 years of existence. And they were talking about pro wrestling at one point. Because I think they have like a certain segment where they play like um, wrestling music. It's called a three count. Talk about the top three stories of the day or whatever. At this point, it's already like two o'clock. So we've talked about everything up to this point. But it's always good to get a good point of view. But yeah, they're talking about pro wrestling. And of course, I think, it was, what was it? Mark Schlereth. And I'm throwing no shade. Throwing no shade. You know, 104.3 The Fan. Good radio station to listen to when you get your day, when you get your mind right for the day, at least in my opinion. But you're talking about pro wrestling, it's like, it's freaking scripted. I'm like, in my mind, I'm just like thinking, yeah, we know, you know, but for, to be really honest, it is a sport to me. I mean, they're not going out of there 300 days out of the year, depending on which promotion you work for and taking bums and doing crazy shit and for the entertainment of us. How they keep their bodies right, how they make sure, you know, they're in top tier shape to compete in the squared circle. That is why it's a sport. Not only the mental load, but the physical load that you have to deal with night in and night out. Just saying. But I love this shit. And I love talking about mainly the Royal Rumble. It is the most quote unquote unique concept of a wrestling event. And it just it just has captured my heart. Like I said, not because of the fact that it's like right around my birthday. And there's there's been a couple instances where it's landed on my birthday. Wasn't old enough to watch it, nor did I have the money to get pay per view. So I was pretty much screwed with not getting pay per views until I was older and can afford it myself. But <laughs> but the Royal Rumble is just that one show out of the year. Yeah, so you got Survivor Series. It is it is a good great concept. WrestleMania, of course, the granddaddy of them all, and SummerSlam. Always a good time. But there's one thing that is held, at least connected, Survivor Series to WrestleMania. And that is the Royal Rumble. You don't have the road to WrestleMania without beginning at the Royal Rumble. At least to me, it is tops on my list. I would say I would have considered WrestleMania number two, uh, SummerSlam three, and then four Survivor Series. And that's like really a very small gap um, to figure out. But like I said, I love the Royal Rumble. That's just how it is. And just give me one second. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like, learning to multitask again is crazy. But we make it work. Okay. Back at it. Doing things. Multitasking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're rumble. All right, let's get past all the pleasantries. Let's talk business. 
let's just let's just you know get shit out of the way. Um, for anyone who still believes the Rock's going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, y'all need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying right out the gate. For anyone who is saying Rock, still thinking Rock Roman at Mania, Rock, no. We're ten weeks out. Now, granted, anything can happen, but there's one little thing um, that I guess y'all forgot about, and I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just stating facts. The Rock is going to have is going to be at the inaugural UFL game the week before Mania. I'm not saying he can't get in shape, but if we're talking about getting ready and in ring shape probably what three like couple we're in February now technically a couple months I don't think he's gonna be at Mania guys well we could get Rock Roman at SummerSlam and that would greatly you know make everything just nice plus Roman's schedule is chill anyway so it's like alright yeah I can bounce out for a couple of while. anyway men's rumble since we're already talking Roman or whatever Cody Rhodes back to back. I was yeah, it made sense. Now, of course, we heard about the news that CM Punk tore his triceps and will be out for WrestleMania. And we'll get to that in just a moment because I have a couple thoughts on that. Good thoughts, of course. Um, Cody Rhodes back to back, becoming the fourth man ever in history to complete such a feat. Um, of course. Still thinking he can go for the three-peat, because why the fuck not? Um, depends on if he has the, has the championship or not, but we'll get to that in just a, just a second. Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble made sense. Now, given the fact that we know CM Punk tore his triceps, yeah, they made the right call there. Um, would, I be, would I have been surprised if CM Punk won? Not in the slightest. Um, I think personally... It would have been nice to see CM, uh, how CM Punk would get down in the Elimination Chamber on the Raw side. Because, um, first things first, welcome back, Andrade. Yeah, Andrade came back. I was quite happy with that. Of course, we already knew pretty much he was going to be coming back. We knew he was going to be out of his contract with AEW. So, yeah, and then, Charlotte, of course, Charlotte was there making sure she was, you know, rooting for mans or whatever. But, yeah, welcome back, Andrade, number four. We got eliminated by Bronson Reed. Crazy. Lasted 22 minutes, though. Um, But getting back into the Cody thing for just a second. Like I said, Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble was the right call. And then solidified it by after doing, of course, you know, the double kiss on the uh, too sweet. And then, you know, doing Kenny Omega shit. And then pointing at the sign, of course, for, you know, fireworks. Pew, 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 pyro, all that good stuff. Yeah. They made the right call. Then turning and pointing to Roman. He pointed at Roman. There was the plan all along. And I discussed this, what, like the month after Mania? Last year? I mean, come on. Let's discuss things here. Cody versus Roman was always the plan. I talked about it then. It's happening now. We are here. We're going to get Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. And we're going to finish the story. From there we go. It just makes sense. Because you have to at this point. Last year at WrestleMania, we were in the Discord. 
myself, Ricky, what was it Nate, Fretz, who else was there? There's one other person. I think it was Charles that was in there. If I'm wrong, let me know. Mania last year. After Roman beat Cody, all of us, all of us were pretty much just in like the same position. Like, what do you do now? If Cody isn't the guy, then who? And then, of course, we thought about it. And then King Ricky pretty much, you know, dropped the bomb and, you know, dropped the mic and just walked away with it. And it made sense. He said, we're going to do it. They're going to we're going to do this again next year. Where it's next year. I I'm not saying don't think the way that I do. I'm just saying consider the fact that Cody Roman two was it made sense. And then we discussed it in the discord over um, when we're over the at the Royal Rumble, we're, we're it's still English hard. Regardless of how long I leave the mic and come back to it, English still hard in 2024. Cheers. But see, lost my train of thought. Dang it! <laughs> Bear with me. Oh, the math, yeah. Yeah, it just made sense. Cody Roman 2 was always the move. And now we are here. Let him go to SmackDown. Challenge Roman. Well, he already pretty much challenged Roman. So it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. But let me talk about the other side of things now. CM Punk. If he won, will we get Punk Rollins? I think that was always the plan. Now that we know he won't miss WrestleMania. He's going to miss WrestleMania with a torn triceps. I appreciate the fact that he was in the final two. It made sense for Punk and Rhodes to be in the final two because they're both over as fuck or oaf as I like to call it. If Punk had one, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't. But would I? We still get Punk Rollins. I believe that was always the plan. I believe that was always the plan. Punk McIntyre thing was going to be sweet. Then we dro- then they dropped the bomb. We're just like, dang it. <laughs> I don't know what you do with Rollins now. I still think Elimination Chamber just makes the most sense. The winner of the Raw, you know, do the Raw Elimination Chamber. Don't even do a SmackDown one. You don't need to unless, you know, you're just like that. And you just want to give me two Elimination Chamber matches that are just insane, in which we will have one for the men and one for the women as well. Because now you have a situation with the World Heavyweight Championship. We know, at least in my at least in my mind, I was thinking that, you know, Rollins would beat Punk at Mania, and then we would introduce Gunther into the title scene, and then he would just destroy Rollins at SummerSlam, um, become double champ, drop the Intercontinental title like it was, you know, a circus toy to him and you know like Naito used to do with the IWGP Intercontinental Championship if you know you know and that was some fuck shit nonetheless I was really hoping for Punk Rollins man we I think I think most of us were I'm not gonna lie but I think the way to get to WrestleMania now at least on the raw side of things in the World Heavyweight Championship because don't let that you know I, I, I saw a little bit of the promo uh, between Cody and Seth but 
Don't let that promo fool you from the fact that Cody Roman is the thing. Red herrings are a thing. There was a character in Scooby-Doo named Red Herring. Fun fact. Scooby-Doo Kids version. I'm trying to, yeah, but you have, yeah, give us the Raw Elimination Chamber for the for the fellas. And it should be nice. You know, put McIntyre in there, put Priest in there if you want to, you know, Gunther, because reasons I you don't I don't need to explain. It's fucking Gunther. But my, now, now I'm thinking like this. What if Gunther wins the Elimination Chamber and faces Rollins at Mania and goes for the double? I mean, as much as I would, as much as people would think McIntyre would become the new champ. I mean, there's ways you can go about that. If you want to go the McIntyre route, this is how I would see it. McIntyre pretty much wins Chamber, goes on to face Rollins at Mania. McIntyre beats Rollins because Rollins fucked up his knee and he needs some time to rest that thing and let him be with his family and baby ruin all that good stuff. Priest cashes in on McIntyre and becomes the new world heavyweight champion. We go into Raw after Mania with Priest as champion. If they close out night one, so be it. But that would be a way to go about things too. You know, have Priest turn on McIntyre because it was always there for it to happen anyway because they beefing. Priest grew over McIntyre, oust him from the group. Balor feels some type of way about it. Either that or he just, you know, jumps on McIntyre and they just have a field day. Whatever you can think about. But I think that would be like probably like the most logical thing to go, like logical booking to do. Or would you rather have Gunther Rollins? And crown Gunther as the new final boss. Of course, the whole Brock Lesnar thing, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the show. Because for the life of me, I had a good feeling it was going to be Gunther versus Brock Lesnar for the Intercontinental Championship. Or don't even put it on the line. I just wanted to see them beat the living crap out of each other. Honestly and for truly. Gunther Brock Lesnar, I would believe, was going to be the match. So we would have had Cody Roman 2, Punk Rollins, Gunther Brock Lesnar. Those are your top three matches for WrestleMania. Those were going to be the top three matches for Mania. And we would have loved it. And we would have had a field day with it. But now we got to switch things up because Lesnar apparently did some shit and Punk is hurt. But Elimination Chamber, I think, will be a very big you know, chapter in the road to WrestleMania because this is the final premium live event. Fucking... It's just, it's a pay-per-view. You Shut up. <laughs> I call it pay-per-view. Judge me. What do you want me to do? Um, the way I see it, 
You can do McIntyre Rollins at Mania. You can do Gunther Rollins at Mania. Either one of those two storylines would make sense. Or maybe, mm, no, don't have Seth defend the title in the chamber. Not, no, not with that name. No, that's a bad idea. But there's ways you can go about it now. If it's going to be Cody Roman, you can you still have at least two options for the Raw side. And, and I think Elimination Chamber is going to tell a lot of the story of where we go from here on out. Because once we get once we figure out who's the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, that basically could be your main event night one. I'm just saying. You got options. Rumble itself wasn't too bad. You know... Uh, didn't have too many uh, surprises in this matchup, which it works. You know, I was thinking more. I was thinking Ilya Dragunov was gonna show up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, that would have been nice. A little, a little something, a little something extra. Trick Williams would have been great in this <laughs> in the Rumble. I think him and uh, Carmelo playing off each other, not only having somewhat heat, but still being bros. You know what I'm saying? So that would have been nice. I mean, Nakamura, I saw Karrion Cross, not bad. You know, Carlito showed up. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. See, Bronson Reed had a solid performance. You know, who, who had the most eliminations? Cody had the most eliminations with four. Oh, and so did Braun. Yes, Braun. Yeah, not too bad. And, of course, we found out that basically Braun Breaker was then becoming a, coming an entrant into the Rumble and replacing Lesnar. So Lesnar would have been at 20 and him and Omos would have rekindled their what apparently was a feud for WrestleMania that one time and no one really cared. Well, a a lot of y'all cared and I'm just like, I don't care for it. Pat McAfee came back into the fold. That was lovely. I I was so happy about that. Pat McAfee not only on back on commentary, but he's back. He's going on a Monday Night Raw full time, which is good until August. So, we'll, we'll figure that out. As far as we know, it's full time. As far as we know, it's full time. But come August, you know, we're going to be doing, they're going to be doing college game day and Pat McAfee might show up. I'm just saying. The way he went in and the way he went out, smartest move in the world. Of course, uh, you go doing a little bit of a callback from last year when Michael Cole, was, I think it was either, yeah, Michael Cole was entered in the Rumble and uh, no one, you know, he didn't know and. You know, it was a surprise or whatever, so they did it to Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee gets in the ring, literally. Looks, I think it was Braun Breaker and Omos. I think we're having a stare down. He gets in the ring. They're both looking at him. And he's about, he goes outside of the ring, still in the apron, then goes back inside like he's about to do something, and then literally just, you know, goes back on the outside to the apron and then jumps off. And was just like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> that was probably a good, that was probably the spot of the night. But I think the spot of the night, and everyone knows where I'm going with this, and if you don't, you're about to find out. R-Truth. He is a WWE Hall of Famer in my eyes. I talked to this about my, with my people that I used to work with back home uh, in Jersey. Uh, R-Truth to me is a legitimate WWE Hall of Famer. He was good even before he got the WWE. Ron Truth Killings version of R-Truth. Feud with Jeff Jarrett and TNA is probably one of the foundational feuds in TNA NWA history. And that's just me personally. I think it's a very, very foundational feud and the heights that were reached in that feud. 
solid feud. I would suggest y'all go back and find that. Sorry, carbonation of soda. Excuse me. But yes. Of course, when Cody came out, everybody was bugging the fuck out. Oh my God. Yeah. But our truth the only man in WWE history to receive a hot tag at the Royal Rumble. And shout out to Dominic Mysterio for actually actually doing that. Whoever produced this match, whoever may had that can't come up with that idea, kudos and uh, hats off to you, man. You know, hats off to you, Pepin. Uh, they, you deserve a raise. I think Triple H should give it to you expeditiously. Omas, I didn't care for. I'm going to say, oh, you're still on under contract. That's cool. Um, Priest went in there and, you know, and Sami Zayn was number 30. Love that. But um, I wouldn't say it was a lackluster rumble. I was just hoping for a couple more surprises. Like I said, Ilya Dragunov, a couple more people from NXT in this rumble. That's just me. I want to see the black and gold represented proudly. Besides Breaker and Hayes, uh, did lest we forget, Ilya Dragunov's your NXT champion, as far as I know. Hold that thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just making sure. I just want to make sure. You know, like I said, it's been a while. It's been a while. Okay, NXT Championship. Sorry, that's my lunchbox. Jesus. Put that down here. There we go. My apologies on that. If you were, if you actually heard that, yeah, Ilya Dragon is still champ. Got it. All right. Yeah. Not a bad rumble. Not the best rumble. It was a a good rumble. Won't say it's a great rumble. It was a good rumble. The right man won. It made sense. Gunther surprisingly was not in the final four, which pissed me off just a little bit. But I can think I can get past it. Um. Finn Balor, not bad. I mean, that's it. it was a good rumble. I will say, though, if WWE decided to, you know, spark a little fire, begin the proceedings of the, getting the kindling uh, and the, uh, you know, begin the chopping of the wood for the fire that is Jimmy versus Jey Uso at WrestleMania, you did it correctly. You're not, I'm not going to lie. They did that wonderfully started out with Jay Uso and we were in the, you know, Fred's myself and Ricky were in the discord and we we're just like, okay. And I, I forget who said it, but like, you know, no, it was Fred's saying that Jimmy Uso's coming number two. I'm like, nah, they don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> sure enough. Number two, Jimmy Uso. Yeah. There, I mean, if there's one thing you get to understand about the rumble, it's that the feuds you probably that you they, they're thinking about, they're tested at the rumble. Broccoli and broccoli. Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar had that stare down after, you know, Brock pretty much murdered everyone before they got to Keith Lee. You know, oh, that's a big boy moment. Uh yeah. Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar could have been a really good WrestleMania match. Honestly, I forget what year it was, um, but I'm sure it was. A, it, it, he was probably facing Roman Roman at Mania anyway, which sucks. But um, no, Jimmy and Jay, number one, number two. Yeah, I, I was all for that, and I think they're gonna do it at Mania. I hope they do it at Mania. I also hope for Andrade versus Santos Escobar at Mania. That would be quite nice. Um, carrying Cross, they need to start booking him better. I'm still going to be an advocate for Cross because that's that's my dude. I think he is. He could have been 
on the tippity top of the game right now. Had WWE booked him properly and not having him lose to Jeff Hardy in a minute and a half. I'm just saying. But let me move on from the men and, of course, talk about the ladies and talking about the one hour and five minute rumble and Miss Bailey. I had a feeling it was going to be between Becky Lynch and Bailey of who was going to win Mania. But it didn't make sense for Becky to get to Mania so easily. So my money was on Bailey. She did it. And now, what do you do with damage control moving forward? That's going to be an interesting move there. To me, it's evident that Bailey's going to get kicked out of damage control, and Dakota Kai hopefully will become the new leader with the wonderful trio that is Eosky, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane coming back into the fold. Welcome back, Miss Kyrie. From yours truly, of course, I'm a very, very big fan. Love your elbow. Um, Bailey did it, it made sense. They with both of these calls with Cody and Bailey, it made sense. I loved it. Loved every second of it, and it was it was a very good rumble. Women's was better than the men's, and you can't tell me any different. Because Naomi came back. Welcome back, Miss Naomi. But I know, I know, and hopefully Nate has watched the rumble anyway. So I'm going to say this, of course, still AKA the Banana God, current NCW World Heavyweight Champion, as far as I know. Hopefully. Nate, don't lie. I hope you still have that belt. I can't, you know, not do shows and not say you're the world heavyweight champion. It's kind of a thing now. We kind of made that clear. Was it just me then? Okay. Uh, (laughs) But what surprised me more than Naomi was Jordan Grace, the TNA Knockouts champion for the second time, coming into the Royal Rumble. And honestly, we all popped. We the three of us popped, and we were just like, "Wait a minute!" With the title too, brought the title to T- uh, to WWE, and honestly, what a call! What a call! What an absolute call! I'm, I was quite surprised. I was very surprised. I was thinking, I was hoping. Like I said, I was. I'm always hoping for more surprises. I love surprises, especially around my birthday. But um, yeah, Jordan Grace, holy Jordan Grace, man, that was. I'm sure she got, you know, paid handsomely to show up at TNA and also rekindling the rivalry, at least for one night with Naomi after Jordan Grace beat Naomi at Hard to Kill for the TNA Knockouts Championship. So I'm sure and the and the way they started it, of course, hugging, shaking hands, all that good. And then we beat the living hell out of each other. What a time to be alive in 2024. Women's wrestling is alive and well. And as an advocate for women's wrestling, I am quite fucking pleased with the way WWE did this and made us all happy. And that's what the Rumble does. It makes everyone happy most of the time, just in case y'all forgot. Uh, who else was in this John? Yeah, we had Bianca Belair, of course, making a return and getting eliminated by Bailey. Was there 47 minutes. And Bailey, by the way, by a minute, by almost a minute, was the Iron Woman. Not only the Royal Rumble winner, the Iron Woman. I was thinking Naomi when Naomi showed him, like, she's your Iron Woman. Bailey was legitimately the Iron Woman coming out of number three and going all the way and winning the Rumble. Bailey EO is going to be a thing. Bailey EO is a thing. Bailey's going to become a baby face, and I'm going to love it. And she's still going to be badass Bailey, but just 
becomes the baby face because of her hopefully eventually getting kicked out of damage control and that's your main story for mania and her getting retribution and becoming the wwe women's world champion i'm not sure Uh, like i said i've been out at the fold for a few months so i'm just like we i know i have the women's world champion and then you get the wwe women's champion so i think eo's got that and so bailey will become the wwe women's champion got it my apologies for having that little bit of work around but we we do our thing over here We, we figure things out like i said not a bad rumble until becky lynch came out and then jade jade fucking cargill holy shit we were not prepared for Jade Cargill to show up. Then again, I think a good amount of us were just like, oh, Liv Morgan's back. Holy shit. Tiffany Stratton at 29. That was a weird flex, but that actually worked. Roseanne Perez at 27. Why the fuck not? Um, and those, and, the, and that's pretty much saying, like, these are the next two that are going to be coming up and, run, and you know, doing work in, on the main roster, which then that's... Um, but yeah, Jade Cargill, let's talk about that for a second. Jade fucking Cargill in the Royal Rumble. And I had an inkling that it was going to be a thing. And I'm just like, you know what? It would be pretty cool if Jade Cargill showed up. Just thinking about it in my head. Not really thinking about it. Because I believe she was still doing it in training. But I was like, eh, why, why not throw her in there? Say less. And she came out. And honestly, crowd reaction was pretty swanky, bruv. Crowd reaction was pretty pretty swanky not gonna lie yams 2024 if you know you know that's gonna be the movement yams 2024 if you yeah Fred and Ricky know exactly what I'm talking about yams 2024 it's it's the move trust me it, it makes sense when you really think about it I think peach emoji and you're welcome but yes this was actually, once we got Becky in there at the same time, that was fun. Like I said, Becky, you know, Naomi, Jade Cargill in that ring. Nia was there. For, for those of you that may not know, Nia coming back doesn't, just, you know, nah. I don't know why. I guess they had the swerve of like, oh, Nia versus Jade at Mania. And I was like thinking like, why subject us to such nonsense? And then we saw the Bianca Jade spot, and I was like, that's your Mania match right there. I'm not sure if they'll do it, but if you're going to give me a crowd reaction like that when you saw Naomi and Jade, not Naomi, um, Jade and Bianca, my apologies, with uh, Jade and Bianca having that little stare down and the crowd actually popping a little bit, and I'm just like, that's your Mania match right there. So get moved. Naya is, bam, non-factor. Um, bam, she's a non-factor. Um, no, this was a, this was a, this was the better rumble. This is the one that should, honestly, if we're going to, you know, be a dick, um, this should have made evented <laughs> just, just saying they haven't done it in a while. Why not? Um, but yeah, Jade Bianca is going to be, a, uh, that would be, that's a money match right there. Tiffany and Rose, uh, Tiffany and Rocks and you know, pretty much they're like, WWE's like, yeah, they're next up. Um, Liv Morgan coming back in 30. Hey, smoke a little weed, smoke weed every day. Um, coming back at the rumble, it wasn't, you know, I'm surprised she was the final two, but hey, we ball regardless. You know, why not? My apologies, just send a little text. 
Okay. Yeah, but yes. Bailey won. Bailey winning made sense because you're going to give us Bailey EO, and now we're going to get the story for Becky Lynch to face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania because we do things like that. And I believe Bailey, not Bailey, Becky's going to win chamber, go, you know, go, go into chamber, win chamber, face Rhea, and then we have a banger in fucking Philly because we know Becky versus Rhea is your match. Not Nia, not nobody else on that roster. Give me motherfucking. Becky versus Rhea. That's your match right there. And of course, Rhea gets a homecoming. Hopefully, Rhea gets a homecoming in Perth because that just makes. Well, I know. I think. Is she, is she Australian? She should be, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. We are going to check. Fact check. Fact check moment of the program. Give me one second. Yes, I know who her husband is. Like, don't give me that. Don't, oh yeah, okay, she's Australian. Yeah, got it. Okay, so yeah, it, it's in Perth, pretty much a homecoming game. If she has a match there, it just makes sense. Um, and just got play, and honestly, why not just give give Liv the match and just have, let her do her thing? Why the fuck not? I I don't know who they're gonna put in there. It might just be it might be be Naya Rhea. If you if you're gonna go that route, get that bullshit out the way, and then we can focus on Becky Rhea. I'm not bad. This was a, this was a solid rumble. This is a very solid rumble for the ladies. Like I said, the better rumble this year in that matchup. And I was like I said, I was very pleased with the result. Back, oh, not Becky, uh, Bailey winning the rumble. Cody winning the rumble makes sense. And then we had the Kevin Owens, not Kevin Owens, the uh, Fatal Four Way for the the uh, WWE. Uh, oh, hold on, let me let me back that up. Do, do, do. The uh, undoubted. Hold on. Because I always get this wrong. It's the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Fam. Fam. Um, we, 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 we merged the titles into one. He is the WWE Universal Champion. Fam. Fam. Just, just call it the Universal Championship. Or just call it the WWE Championship. Cause it's like, cause that makes sense too. But that's just me. Uh, the Fatal Four Way, not bad, not bad. Almost twenty minutes. Roman retaining because it just fucking made sense. Now, uh, of course, interference from Solo. And I remember listening to Sam Roberts, uh, one of the shorts on YouTube. Um, he said at this point in the game, between from now Royal Rumble until WrestleMania, he needs to start winning clean. And I, and surprisingly, I actually fucking agree. Because we need to for Roman to be a monster going into Mania. Like this man's been champion as of this recording. Hold on, it was twelve forty-five. As of this recording, it is one thousand two hundred and fifty days as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. We knew it was going to happen. We just needed a decent match to give us to get shit out of the way. At least for me. Excuse me. At least for me. Um, I'm not sure what you do with Styles and Norton, but I know if we're hoping... I'm still hoping for LA Knight versus Logan Paul. For Mania. That would be dope. And we'll get into that little DQ action in just a moment. Um, I don't know what you do with a Styles and Orton, like I said, and Elliot Knight, Logan Paul, I think seems like the right move. If you do Styles Orton, I'm not mad at it. You get a little something, something. 
for Mania. You know, at least they get something out of the deal. We'll see what happens when we get there. But Roman retaining was just the only call that you could honestly have. Because it made sense. You're not going to, at this point in the game, you're not going to have Roman lose going into the road to WrestleMania. You fucking kidding me? He's probably going to take off or not be. Because you already got Cody Roman. That's what Roman's got. Roman's got Cody. That was it. The thorn in his side. The thorn in his side has always been, at least for the better part of a year, Cody Rhodes. The one thing he didn't want was for Cody to win the rest uh, the Royal Rumble. Well, he did. Pointed at you. It's you and me, fam, in Philly. And then I'm taking your title. Finishing the story, finally. And we move on. It happened. <laughs> it happened in 2024. Roman retained low. Roman wins low. Until Mania. Probably, like I say, he's probably not going to be working Elimination Chamber anyway. So... Yeah, he's got a limited schedule. He's chilling. And honestly, for anyone who still gives him bullshit for having a lighter schedule, A, um, he had leukemia, beat it, came back, and then became the fucking god that we see now on telly. Okay? So we got that out of the way. And he is him right now in WWE. Carmelo Hayes may be him, but Roman is legitimately him. I mean, facts are facts, bro. So, yeah, Roman retaining just made sense. But then the, honestly, Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, what a what a solid 14 minutes that was. And I'm not even bullshitting. Solid 14 minutes ending in a disqualification due to the fact that Kevin Owens forgot to do what William Regal taught him was to put the damn brass knuckles in your tights, might. And yet didn't do it. Got the pin. Almost got the three count. Referee somehow had the goddamn wherewithal to see that the brass knucks were on his hand and called for the bell. That's crazy. That's crazy. Good match, though. Like, this was actually, the, is actually honestly, I think this was actually better than the Fatal 4-Way. Not going to lie. This will probably be number two. Because uh, I'll put the women's Royal Rumble 1. Um... Logan Kevin 2. Men's Rumble was better. So, Roman, surprisingly, for the first time ever in the history, uh, worst match of the night goes to Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Randy Orton. But preferential, you know, things. But yeah, this was actually a really good match up until that point. And of course, you had that, that goon out there, one of his peoples, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get the brass knucks. Or acting as if he was getting the brass nuts, but then Grayson Waller and Austin Theory coming out, and Austin Theory actually having the brass nuts, a little bit of cahoots there, hopefully a little bit of foreshadowing when we get to Mania, hopefully tonight versus Paul. Would be nice. This was actually fun. That was a fun match to watch. Crowd was definitely into it. They wanted to see KO win, and I was thinking in my head, Paul's going to Mania with that belt. He just re-signed with WWE. Hopefully, like I mean, like most people in general, hate the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan. I'm okay with them. Jake, you know, not, you know, not throwing any shit or anything. I'm just saying, you know, not, he's not, he's not everyone's cup of tea. He, I, you know, don't do, don't, just don't go crazy and don't go to jail. That's not, you know, that's kind of, 
a couple of things to keep in mind, you know. And Logan has just been surprisingly a wonderful delight to see in WWE. Like, with Logan Paul and Bad Bunny having competed in multiple matches now at this point, and, and me personally, with um, Bad Bunny's entrance at Backlash being my 2023 moment of the goddamn year because it was just an amazing sight. And it was literal homecoming game for Bad Bunny. It was, yeah, it was just wild, bro. Absolutely wild. But Logan Paul has really started to come into his own and having the United States Championship has WWE saying, yeah, he's a motherfucker y'all need to be checking out. Regardless of what you may think of Logan Paul, Logan Paul can wrestle. And with every match, he has gotten better. There's a couple matches he had that were kind of, hmm, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, Logan Paul can do that. Facts are facts. Logan Paul can do that. He's a solid. He's he's a he's pretty much learning on you know, the game as it goes. And he even admitted, yeah, that shit hurts. He understands now. He's starting to understand that yeah, this is not no fucking like we come in here and we do some like lollygag shit. No, you're putting in work. Got it. And he's putting in the work. And I'm sure the more, and I, and I mean, still, the the moment I think that made him him was the fact that he pretty much saved Rey Mysterio for breaking his fucking neck. And that's called ring awareness. And kudos to, like I said, I, you know, kudos to Logan Paul for actually having the wherewithal to be able to catch him at a moment's notice and still keep going with the spot. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, got, you got a big thumbs up in my book, 100%. So, yeah, I'm like, you know what? If Logan Paul keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to have a solid time in, in WWE. For how long he's in, under contract, we don't know yet. If it's a couple of years, so be it. He's done well for himself. He has done a solid job for himself in WWE so far. And as United States Champion, it actually works. He just did a match with Kevin Owens. And it was good. <laughs> We're not going to lie about this. This was actually good. Can't knock him, man. I don't know what they're going to do for Owens at Mania. I hope they have something for him because Kevin Owens on Mania is always a delight, at least in my book. We'll see how it goes. For Logan, it's on to WrestleMania. If he defends the championship, I don't think he's going to defend the title at Elimination Chamber. Um, so we'll be seeing you in Philly, my dude, defending hopefully against LA Knight. That's just me personally. Overall, of course, best match of the night to me was the lady or was the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, worst match goes to the Fatal 4-Way because it made sense to have four matches on the card, I guess. As but given the fact that both matches were over an hour. <sighs> MVP. Who is the MVP of Royal Rumble? <sighs> I'm just going to go with a, with a little bit of a tie with Bailey. Actually, no way. I'm going Bailey. Bailey's the MVP. To me, the Cody Rhodes back-to-back was expected. It just made sense to me for him to go back-to-back anyway. So, in, in a sense, it's a foregone conclusion. But Bailey's win... I think Bailey's win this year, I mean, don't get it wrong, Cody's victory and him challenging Romans to finish the story is going to be a very impactful time and a wonderful road, I'm hoping for, for Mania, because it just makes sense, and The Rock will not be there facing Roman Reigns, there will be no triple threat, there will be none of that night one, Rock versus Roman, night two, Cody versus Roman, none of that bullshit, this is strictly Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, so be it. But my MVP is going to be Bailey, without question. A big win. 
Big Pop. And of course, if you saw it on Twitter, not only was she pointing to the WrestleMania sign, the fans were too. I mean, just saying, Bailey is a legit, the legitimate Royal Rumble MVP, and she deserves it. She deserves her flowers, and I think it's time for her to have a. She, I believe she's actually going to be on the card for the first time in her career. I'm not exactly sure um, if that's legit, but yeah, she's going to have a WrestleMania moment. Bailey's going to have a WrestleMania moment, and I think that's something we can all get behind 100. 100%. Bailey is the MVP for the YLP podcast. It just makes sense. As far as the final grade goes, as I said earlier, this wasn't both rumbles, you know, the women's being better than the men's, of course. Solid and good. I was hoping for a little bit more, you know, a certain, you know, a little bit of genesis quo, you know what I mean? But. Overall, it, it wasn't mid. Let's get that straight out of the way. This wasn't a mid show. It was not a C plus show. I gave this show, I believe, if I was, if I remember on the Discord, I gave this show a B minus, and I'm still gonna stick by that. Initial rea- initial reaction after the show was B minus, and it still stands down. B minus for me. No, wait, no. Did I say? No, I said B plus. I think I remember it was B plus, and I still stand by B plus. My apologies. Oh, who turned No, I said B plus. It could have been an A minus if they had a couple. It could have been an A minus if they had a couple more things in terms of the rumbles on both sides. Um, that's just prefer. You know, again, it's always preference. B plus was the grade I gave at on uh, last Saturday, and I'm giving that same grade today. B plus show. And to be really honest, now the road to WrestleMania is going to be is on the popping now. We are on the road to WrestleMania. We got Elimination Chamber next. And who the fuck knows what's gonna happen with that? And certain and let me put it to you like this before I end this segment. If you were gonna watch that at five o'clock in the morning, my hat's off to you. Where I live at in the in, in Colorado, uh I would have to be watching it live at three fucking AM. You will not catch me in no genjutsu. Not today. Ain't no way you're gonna see my. <laughs> no, I've. Uh, I mean, I just turned thirty six. <laughs> like, uh, I am not sacrificing my sleep for professional wrestling. I haven't done it for New Japan in quite some time, and I don't plan on doing it for WWE anytime soon. Um, I mean, in the East Coast, it's not any better at five a.m. But again, if you are actually going to watch it live, my hats off to you. No spoilers. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Other than that, though, that's gonna be that's gonna be my review. That's what how I saw Royal Rumble. Uh, of course, if you have any, you know if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, or opinions about what you thought about Royal Rumble, hit me up at email at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. Younglinesperspective at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. You can also hit me up with a voice message over at uh, younglinesperspective. You know, podcasters.spotify.com slash younglinesperspective. I hope I said that right. We'll figure it out. Um, and leave a voice message. Uh, you know, of course, on the pod, if you have the app too, check that out. Of course, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we'll get into that in particulars at the end of today's show. But that's going to conclude my Royal Rumble review. Let me know what you think. You know, 
voice message, email, all that stuff. Let me know what you thought of the Royal Rumble, what your opinion was. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Who should have won? Let me know. Now, when we come back, <laughs> excuse me, when we come back, <sighs> they did it again. Well, he did it again. I said two years ago, Vince McMahon needed to resign. Walk into the sunset for good and never look back. Apparently, they don't want to listen to me. Because now, we have to talk about Janelle Grant. And her her alleged, in the allegations of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, accused, you know, allegations of sexual assault, abuse, and sex trafficking. Um... I will end this segment like this. If you have small children um, that are listening to the show as well, um, this segment is not going to be for the weak of heart. It is more than likely going to be a rant. Even as I'm finishing this segment, I'm already starting to feel it build up in my system and I'm not going to like what I'm going to say. I'll keep it as tame as possible because what has been alleged is probably, in my honest opinion, some of the most vile shit I have ever looked at in my entire life. We're going to discuss that on the other side of episode 378 of the YLP podcast. It's been a while since I've said this, but stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 378 of the YLP podcast. And I'm about to get comfortable because this one's going to be a long one. As was the review for Royal Rumble, but that goes without saying. Let's take our minds back, if you will. Let's take our minds back two years ago. When we found out about the Vince McMahon hush money issue. Now, it was found that Vince McMahon had given, what was it, four, was it 16 million, over 16 years to four different women. I believe that's what the numbers were. I'm not sure of the amount, but it was right before SummerSlam. And when you heard about the news then, I said then, Vince McMahon needs to walk away for good. <coughs> Excuse me. He did. Sort of. Came back in January, bullied his way back into the company, and then we had to deal with that bullshit for another year. And now here we are in 2024, and it was right before the Royal Rumble when we found out about the allegations of one Janelle Grant. Now, it was one thing for Vince to 
have given hush money to four different women over the course of 16 years. It's another thing to have allegations of sexual assault and abuse and sex trafficking. As I said in the last segment, if you happen to have small children in the room, I believe you should uh, escort them out and let them go play somewhere else because there may be some things I'm going to say that I don't want them to hear. In reading the lawsuit, tells a story of a very very vulnerable woman and a man who used his power to do shit like what we're about to read in this lawsuit I have been reading a bit of this lawsuit I haven't read the whole thing but from what I've read so far it is quite devastating if you would like to read it I'm sure you are able to find it it's public uh, it's public file <clears throat> but before we get into the actual lawsuit let's at least tell the story Now, we all found out. Give me some moment. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. We found out after the allegations that Vince McMahon resigned from his role as executive chairman of TKO, parent company of WWE. Now we're on CNN.com right now. Allegations came to light in a lawsuit filed by former WWE staffer Janelle Grant, who worked at the headquarters of the wrestling behemoth McMahon founded. McMahon has denied the allegations and said he is prepared to defend himself in court, but in a statement on Friday, McMahon said that he has resigned. Out of respect, quote, out of respect for the WWE Universe, the extraordinary TKO business and its board, members and shareholders, partners and constituents, and all of the employees and superstars who help make WWE into the global leader it is today, excuse me, I've decided to resign from my executive chairmanship and the TKO board of directors effective immediately, McMahon said in a statement. Reports of McMahon had been paid out, had paid out settlements to multiple women while serving as the WWE's CEO and chairman have been circulating since at least 2022, but the lawsuit, filed by Grant Thursday, Thursday, sheds new light on the extent of McMahon's alleged misconduct. In the lawsuit, <clears throat> Grant alleged that McMahon dangled a job offer at WWE and later promotions in exchange for sex. Grant's lawsuit also alleges that McMahon trafficked her to other men inside and outside the company, including John Laurinaitis, who worked in the company in the company's talent relations department and is also named as a defendant in the suit. McMahon engaged in acts of extreme cruelty and degradation. That's a scrabble word. Toward Grant during her time at WWE, the lawsuit alleged. TKO? 
in an email to staff in a statement to the press addressed only McMahon's job status with the company, but did not discuss the specifics of the allegations. In an email to staff Friday, obtained by CNN, WWE President Nick Khan said simply that McMahon tendered his resignation from his executive chairmanship and board board member positions. He will no longer have a role with TKO Group Holdings or WWE, Khan wrote in his email. On Thursday, after Grant's allegations were made public in a lawsuit, the company said, quote, McMahon does not control TKO or oversee day-to-day operations at WWE, end quote. Now it goes on to say the second resignation within the company. The lawsuit raises questions about the culture of WWE, of course, which Grant claims actively worked to conceal McMahon's wrongdoing. She alleged that the special committee assigned to investigate McMahon never interviewed her or requested any documents, despite Grant's alleged willingness to cooperate. This was during the same week as The Rock becoming a board member of TKO, joining the company's board of directors. And John Laurinaitis, in his infinite wisdom, believed it was a grand idea to call himself a victim. I am just beyond pissed off. I am very disappointed. For the simple fact that I said back in 2022, Vince McMahon needed to walk away. The hush money was enough. Using the company funds to ensure that what he was doing would not get out into the public. I never in my life would think in in at least the pro wrestling realm of things would have to read a story like that I've been doing this for the better part of seven years and the hush money deal was enough for me And now if you want to connect the dots, Janelle Grant was probably given an NDA I'm going to read a bit of the lawsuit. Again, this public file. 
and most of the podcast podcasters you've listened to as of late, has probably already like read this as just as much as I will. But <sighs> plaintiff. Janelle Grant is a former employee of WWE who was the victim of physical and emotional abuse, sexual assault, and trafficking at WWE. Ms. Grant is filing this lawsuit not just to address her own suffering, but also to act for those who are afraid to speak out. WWE's billionaire founder and executive chairman, defendant Vincent Kennedy McMahon, lived in a penthouse duplex in Ms. Grant's apartment building. The two met in March 2019 when Ms. Grant was dealing with profound grief and struggling financially. After devoting years to around-the-clock caregiving, her parents passed away. On top of that, she was unemployed and her family home was lost in her parents' bankruptcy. After her family passed away, Ms. Grant dedicated herself to finding gainful employment. Neighbors in her building provided career advice and sought her assistance with personal events. Ms. Grant used these non-paying roles in volunteer work and community initiatives to build her resume. The building's resident manager wanted to help. She messaged McMahon to ask whether he would talk to her sharing that Miss Grant had been through hardship and would do great things if given a fresh start. McMahon enthusiastically responded, Hell yes. Oh my fucking God. McMahon befriended Miss Grant, giving her hopes of a new life with promises of a yet-to-be-determined role at WWE, and showering her with attention and assurances, along with gifts like a VIP experience at WrestleMania. But what seemed like a dream in the spring of 2019 quickly became a nightmare. As McMahon dangled career-making and life-changing promises in front of Miss Grant, he demonstrated an increasing lack of boundaries. During several meetings that were ostensibly about a potential job at WWE, he greeted her in his underwear, touched her, repeatedly asked for hugs, and spent hours sharing intimate details about his personal life. McMahon warned Miss Grant to keep their closeness secret, lest rumors lead to public trouble, and added that while he protects loyal people, he had world-class legal resources on speed dial to deal with people who became a problem. As such... When McMahon pushed Miss Grant for a physical relationship in return for a long-promised employment at WWE, she felt trapped in an impossible situation, submitting to McMahon's sexual demands or facing ruin. Miss Grant feared she had everything to lose and face negative consequences no matter what happened. After succumbing to the pressure for a physical relationship, Miss Grant was slotted into an entry-level position as an quote-unquote administrator coordinator, a position McMahon created for her in WWE's legal department. Ms. Grant began work in that role on June 17, 2019. Ms. Grant remained in that, in that role with the exception of the temporary relocation to XFL until McMahon verbally directed her to transfer to the Talent Relations Department, reporting to defendant John Laurinaitis on March 9, 2021. During a conversation that day, same day, McMahon express, explained that her presence in the legal department was effectively delaying efforts to hire a new general counselor for the company. McMahon and Laurinaitis informed Ms. Grant that she would be promoted to Vice President of Operations in the Talent Relations Department, providing her with an organizational chart reflecting this decision. Shortly thereafter, they informed her that they needed her to begin at a lower level as a director, but promised her promotion to Vice President after a 12-month period. Despite Ms. Grant's expressions of unhappiness and attempts to end the sexual relationship, and while she came to understand that McMahon expected the physical relationship to continue as part of her employment, she had no idea how sordid it would become nor how the psychological torture and physical violence will leave her feeling helpless, isolated, and trapped. We're talking about a story of a woman who is quite vulnerable after losing both her parents 
losing a house in bankruptcy, a lot of grief, a shit ton of grief. Little did she know. We continue on. In March 2020, McMahon began sharing sexually explicit photographs and videos of Miss Grant, including pornographic contact he recorded with other men both inside and outside the company, including with members of the television production tech team, executives, producers, and a world-famous athlete and former UFC heavyweight champion, with whom he was trying to, who was actively trying to sign a new contract, and ultimately did, ultimately did sign that contract. If you haven't figured it out already, it's Brock Lesnar. Given McMahon's omnipotent position at WWE, coercion was inherent in his increasingly depraved sexual demands. Specifically, while McMahon was CEO of WWE and Ms. Grant was employed as the entry level coordinator in the legal department. McMahon recruited individuals to have sexual relations with Miss Grant and or with the two of them, directed Miss Grant to visit Defendant Laurinaitis prior to the start of workdays for sexual encounters, and expected and directed Miss Grant to engage in sexual activity at the WWE headquarters even during working hours. All this time. McMahon ordered Miss Grant to keep their relationship secret unless otherwise instructed, including lying to maintain whatever cover stories he fabricated. McMahon's assurances that Miss Grant was safe and independent rang hollow in light of his efforts to isolate her from friends and attempts to chip away at her identity until it was replaced with his desired role for her as his quote-unquote bitch fantasy and or his porn star, while occasionally intermixing softer descriptors like girlfriend and baby, even love when convenient. He exercised complete ownership and control over both her personal and professional lives. McMahon, was also subject, McMahon also subjected Miss Grant to, ex, to acts of extreme cruelty and degradation that caused Miss Grant to disassociate or, and or become numb to reality in order to survive the horrific encounters. As one example of McMahon's extreme depravity on May 9th, 2020. And this is where we get into the fun shit. He defecated on Miss Grant during a threesome and then commanded her to enjoy and continue pleasuring his quote-unquote friend with feces in her hair and running down her back while McMahon went to the bathroom to shower off. Upon his return from the bathroom, McMahon and his friend actively resumed the threesome, which lasted over an hour and a half, while Miss Grant remained covered in McMahon's filth. When McMahon's friend left, McMahon ordered her to stay and continue to sexually gratify him. In June 2021, McMahon and defendant Laurinaitis sexually assaulted Miss Grant inside Laurinaitis' office, in WWE headquarters while colleagues were busy at their desk. Behind a locked door, the man cornered her and pulled her in between them, forcibly touched her, and before ultimately putting her on top of a table in between them. She begged them to stop, but they forced themselves on her, each taking turns restraining her for the other, while saying, no means yes, and take it, bitch. Unsurprisingly, others at WWE knew what was going on. But instead of intervening to protect Miss Grant, WWE actively sought to conceal the wrongdoing. In January 2022, McMahon told Miss Grant that his wife had found out about their relationship, 
Reportedly to avoid divorce, negative publicity, and other repercussions, McMahon said that Miss Grant's time at WWE was at an end, but that he wanted her to sign an NDA to ensure her silence on, among other things, his personal misconduct. In the days ahead, McMahon put Miss Grant under immense pressure to sign, saying that refusing to would not only jeopardize McMahon, his family, and the company, but said she'd surely become a public headline, suffer reputational ruin, including the pornographic content McMahon had captured, and face McMahon's legal resources. Conversely, McMahon reassured her that her signature would ensure his continued support and protection and safeguard her reputation. Ultimately, Miss Grant succumbed to the pressure and signed the NDA in exchange for payments, which McMahon later stopped making. Even after pushing Miss Grant out of the company. Oh, shit. Hold on. My apologies. Now I gotta look for it and shit. Hold on. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Even after pushing Miss Grant out of the company and muzzling her with an NDA, McMahon's continu- McMahon continued efforts to exploit her, including attempting to traffic her to a WWE star who would be in New York City for a live event and TV taping in March 2022. Understandably, defendant's predatory conduct has left Miss Grant crippled, both physically and mentally, including from debilitating symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder and suicidal ideation. These symptoms led led to her termination from her subsequent job running her building's operations due to her inability to leave her home for weeks at a time. Despite McMahon's promise of reputational protection, WWE appears to have leaked information that led to the public disclosure of her name by a media blogger who cited a source in WWE with direct knowledge of the situation. Which, upon information and belief, was an overt intimidation tactic aimed at Ms. Grant. WWE has also attempted to sweep the matter under the rug. Following media reports that McMahon was involved in a hush money payment scandal, WWE released a statement in June 2022 to announce that a special committee of its board of directors was investigating the alleged misconduct and appointing Stephanie McMahon as interim CEO and interim chairwoman. In this capacity, Ms. McMahon publicly affirmed her commitment to doing everything in her power to help the special committee complete its work and to implement its findings. She declared also she also declared the importance of a safe and collaborative workplace. Now, notwithstanding this public statement, the investigation was a sham. In November 2022, WWE touted the conclusion of the special committee investigation into the misconduct. Yet the special committee never even bothered to interview Miss Grant or request any documents, despite Miss Grant stating that she would cooperate. Excuse me. In SEC filings, the company tried to divert attention away from McMahon's abuse of women by focusing on a technical issue of how hush money was accounted for. In the words of the company, the issue was immaterial accounting errors related to certain payments that Mr. McMahon agreed to make during the period from 2006 to through 2022. Emphasis added. Through all this trauma, Miss Grant has endured profound suffering in silence, feeling of exploitation, loss of security, and the fear of facing the wrath of WWE and McMahon's army of attorneys if she were co- if she were to come forward and bring to light the egregious acts detailed herein. A time has passed, and Ms. Grant seeks to hold the defendants accountable for their reprehensible and unlawful acts for her own sake, for her own sake and for others. Ms. Grant seeks a declaratory judgment that her NDA is invalid under federal and state laws and asserts her claims other laws, including the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Lance Storm.
said it correctly. Simply put, whoever knew what was going on within those doors, if the allegations are true, Excuse me one second. It is time to clean house. I agree 100%. And reading that and Looking at it again for the nth time, I have looked at it. Vile, disgusting. Outrageously inappropriate. Offensive. degrading when I first heard the news of these allegations and what was being alleged when you look at the NDA whole thing and how that went down um, yeah it all connects I said it then and I'll say it a million times more I stated Vince McMahon should have just been gone. Walked into the sunset and leave WWE to Triple H. And now TK up. Your time is done. Nope. Nope. He decided to bully his way back into the company because he thinks he's got it like that and he's about that life. Like Landstorm said, again, if these are true, we need to clean house. You have to. Like the amount of shit that I've at least read. And those text messages, if they are true, that is holy fuck. Like, I won't even, like, I'll I'll spare you those details. If you haven't read it, from here on out, Vince McMahon's legacy is tarnished forever. For absolutely fucking ever. And not even thinking about. Let's move McMahon out of the way. What about Laura Nice? He's poor Mr. People Power himself, Johnny Ace, involved in this too. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Talking about he's a victim? Nah, fam. No, you're not even close. 
again, if these allegations are true, Laurinaitis is done. Who, by the way, married the mom of Nikki and Brie Bella. The father-in-law of Daniel Bryan. That's crazy family tree now, isn't it? I just reading that bit alone. Not even looking at the rest of the stuff. literally used her to get Brock Lesnar back into the company. That's the one that fucked me up. That was the one that real, that's the part that really fucked me up. Using this woman to get Brock Lesnar back in the company and then, and if this part's true, Brock Lesnar's pretty much done. Asking her to send her send him a video of her urinating, and then calling her a bitch. Lest we forget, Brock Lesnar's married to Sable. The lore is deep. Like this kind of behavior, if true, will tarnish the WWE. She was basically passed around like a blunt in Snoop Dogg's rotation. Every last bit of it. Man's preyed on her. And I don't mean church. A very, very vulnerable woman who's treated like garbage. Used his power to manipulate her, control her, degrade her.
I don't hate many people in life. I don't. Granted, there's, you know, at certain points in the lore that is professional wrestling, I have had moments of very, very much held contempt towards those who have just been a thorn in my side and a pain in my ass. But Vince McMahon, I dare I say, I may hate you. Again, it all connects now. Janelle Grant was one of those four women. This motherfucker gave her motherfucker what, like three fifteen thousand Bloomingdale's gift cards and shit, flowers, yeah, the usual shit. And then just committed vile acts on this woman. Vince McMahon better pray. (laughs) And I think he better start praying that these allocations aren't true. Like again, if you like just read the lawsuit. What about Linda? There's a reason. <laughs> and, and, and Linda McMahon. And then there's a legit nice big ass reason why Stephanie McMahon decided not to come back. Dare we forget. You know, she had the interim CEO join. 2022 happened. What, she bounced afterward? Mr. Man tried to bully her, like, tried to bully himself back into the company. Board of directors gave a majority. With, uh, and, and, and let me just get into this point before I forget, because this is, that's the part, this is also the part that pisses me off. Again, the IWC is absolutely infectious. It is vile, it is fucked up, it is disgusting. And putting Triple H in, having, and trying to think if Triple H was involved in this, Nick Khan was involved in this. If they, if there's a, if they knew they needed to be fired, shut the fuck up. Let's let let us not let's keep the focus where it fucking belongs. Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and pretty god it ain't fucking Brock Lesnar. Cause that will be a wild one. I told you, Vince. All you had to do was walk away. Now, if the story still came to light, then fam, that's on you. It's been two years removed since y'all left, so 
Good luck with that. And it wouldn't be as big of a story as it has become. And again, for the the, the nerve of John Laurinaitis to say he's a victim in all of this. You engaged in it, allegedly. Taking turns restraining her? No means yes? Sick. I like let's go with the context of this is this is all of this is actually true all of this nasty shit fucking happened and Vince McMahon is pretty much gonna be just yeah fucked for the rest of his life then yeah I believe every woman after her should speak out as well I think at this point the truth needs to be told as much as people want to still want to give Mr. Vince McMahon his flowers, I think at this point, safe to say Vince McMahon and we should collectively all say to him, as my mother always famously says in her mind, not my circus, not my monkeys, not my situation, not my problem. The first half, she says, I just had that last bit, but translated, not my situation, not my problem. It all, it all, though, it, it does connect. Hell, fucking, I think I was listening to Solomonster, and he said even after, like, reading the, like, part about the defecation, I want her a damn forehead. He had to put the phone down. I told y'all Vince McMahon needed to walk away in 2022. He got jumped. I mean, granted, this may be conspiracy theory, but I've said it before and it bears repeating. I feel, I think personally, in my mind, Vince McMahon, deep down, has always had a a bit of jealousy towards his son-in-law, especially when it came to the golden age of NXT, whooping his ass on the main roster every big four fucking pay-per-view every fucking time i've i've discussed this i did this on the podcast every big four triple h's nxt would just destroy anything the main roster had going on dark fucking times for the main roster in those two years it was embarrassing embarrassing disgusting nxt was just kicking their ass because they were giving us what we wanted an old school feel a bit of nostalgia mixed with the modernized era of professional wrestling we were in at that time
man who used his power with prompt with all these fucking promises. My heart goes out to Janelle Grant. Honestly and fortunately. I am so sorry this happened to you, Janelle. I'm sorry that you had to go through vile acts. The fact that you were passed around. Treated just like an ob- a sexual object. walk away Vince all you had to do was walk away and we would have been fine without you I believe I said that WWE was going to be fine without Vince McMahon it was way past time for him to go home anyway now here we are in 2024 the week after the Royal Rumble And this was what really, unfortunately, stole the show. It just doesn't affect McMahon, Laurinaitis, and Surprisingly, Lesnar. But this affects families, bruv. Families. Daughters. Like, this was someone's daughter, bruv. who you used with the sexual appetite of a 16 year old boy and the sexual demands getting much worse is actually to be true that the other women speak out 
like this this entire situation personally at least at least a bit i wouldn't say all of it but it did taint royal rumble just a little bit doing what was in the best interest of the company protect the business the answer isn't no but rather how do we make it happen wanting explicit photographs impressing upon her that it was part of her sexuality calling her his bitch and this this right here was the fucking kicker this the these next two bits here with a fucking kicker. Again, I hope you do not have any small children in this room. I don't not they don't need to be here, especially this bit. They they don't need to be here in this. I will give you a moment just to, you know, hopefully I'll put you got hopefully you have earbuds, because again, this is some stuff that some kids should not be hearing, or any children should be hearing for that matter, period. And I quote, McMahon began to degrade Miss Grant, calling her his bitch, while hinting at a fascination while having other people watch them engage in sexual activity. Additionally, this complaint details encounters during which McMahon caused Miss Grant to sustain physical injuries, including bleeding and pain from forceful use of sex toys. Despite Miss Grant's plea to cease any further sexual activity, the number of sexual encounters increased, as, McMahon's, as did McMahon's physical aggression during them. Notably, McMahon was most aggressive when using the certain sex toys named after male WWE wrestlers and performers. McMahon named the sex toys so that the color of the toy matched the race of the wrestler. For example, a black dildo would be named after an African-American wrestler and a white dildo would be named after a Caucasian wrestler. In addition addition to McMahon's infatuation with pretending that other men and namely certain WWE talent were in the room with them, this was yet another incremental step in desensitizing Miss Grant to his fantasy and eventual demands that she perform sexual acts for and or have sexual contact with others within WWE. We're talking severe mental, physical, mental and emotional symptoms. Sleep disruption, dizziness, exhaustion, rashes, weight loss, hair loss, migraines. Having her sent using McMahon, pretty much sending her to his doctor of choice. Insisting that Ms. Grant see a physician of his choosing. Taking care of her hospital bills. 
Oh, and by the way, um, yeah, the part about uh, Mr. McMahon uh, having sexual relations with Janelle Grant, with his therapist. meticulously asserting power and control over every aspect of her life. Her fears intensified over the consequences that could result from McMahon's actions, particularly by sharing her naked pictures. She became paranoid, completely dependent on, and worshipfully, worshipfully devoted to McMahon. He, in turn, pressed forward in exerting his power over Miss Grant as he saw fit. In May 2020, McMahon had recruited an individual whom he manipulatively referred to as his friend to engage in a threesome with McMahon and Miss Grant. The friend turned out to be McMahon's physical therapist at Alternative Clinic and is referred to herein as physical therapist. Referring to Miss Grant as his quote-unquote girlfriend, sending large bouquets of flowers, Miss Grant expressing apprehension about participating in a threesome. And of course, McMahon insisting the plans were already made and suggested he would lose a friendship if she did not go through with it. Manipulation. Telling her that he loved her. I'm not even like I said, and they have the text messages in here, but I'm 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 gonna spare you, like I said earlier, about that. Like, he showed the tech crew those pictures. I mean, 
putting it on a schedule. When he started having Laurinaitis and others within WWE have a have a turn with her. Pretty much giving her promotions is just a way to keep her under control. Like her fate was literally entire of like in the hands of McMahon, Laurinaitis, and the other executives who enabled this shit. I think I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there because I know the shit with uh Brock Lesnar. Y'all can find yourselves, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. I will end this episode by saying this though. Again, I am so sorry, Janelle Grant, that this happened to you. I am so sorry this happened to you. And I encourage the other three women who are under NDA to speak the fuck out. Again, if all of this correlates, Vince McMahon is pretty much done. Well, was done in 2022 and then is really done now. He cooked. Johnny Laurinaitis cooked. Brock Lesnar. Again, if these allegations actually go to court. And if it is true that he used her to entice Brock Lesnar to coming back into the company in 21, <sighs> Brock's cooked too. As we said earlier in the episode, that Braun Blake Breaker actually took, was the one who took Brock Lesnar's spot. After we found out that Brock Lesnar wasn't going to be involved at uh, Royal Rumble, and with good reason. But there is absolutely nothing left to say about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Absolutely nothing. 
Except this. You better pray that shit ain't true. But from what we've already known about the hush money, I think it's safe to say that you're cooked, bruh. You have tarnished your, your pretty much your baby. And you used it as a sexual playground. Mar goes out to Janelle Grant. And to the victims of sex trafficking, sexual abuse, assault, harassment. Using power and control to get what you want is disgusting. In the in, in this manner, this is probably the most disgusting usage of power and control and manipulation and gaslighting and all of the all of the things. Be thankful he resigned. Good riddance. Goodbye. You're old. You're washed. It's over. I warned you in 2022. Walk away. Now. Looks like you're about to have to face some music and prove to the world good luck that this isn't true. I mean, reading the text messages alone. No one should be defending Vince McMahon at this point. Not even Linda. Kathy Laurinaitis, Sable, Bella Twins, Daniel Bryan, the entire, like, it's just. Disgusting is what it is. That's exactly what it is. Vince McMahon. Again, and I'll say it one last time, you better pray these allegations aren't true. But I have a strange feeling, and I think most of us do, that they are. Chris Benoit is waiting for you. That's going to conclude episode 378 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 379 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. that's gonna be it for episode 378 of the ylp podcast and dare i say it is good to be back in the fold bear with me as i wake make my way back into the fold once again i want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day your night your afternoon your evening wherever you may be wherever you are in the world thank you so much for taking out this episode of the podcast and as always 
I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, of course, you can find me over on Twitter at YL Perspective and over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Okay. Or if we also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the other 377 episodes of the YLP podcast, you can also, you know, hit me with a nice little email over at YoungLionsPerspective at gmail.com. Just pointing it out there. What are we doing next week? Well, for those of you who may not know or who are new to the fold, what I usually do week by week is talk about the news of the week. And I believe it is time to bring that back into the fold. All the news that's fit for me to talk about. Of course, with the whole Vince McMahon shit. And of course, uh, hopefully we have some news, more news coming out of the Rumble. Because now we're on the road to WrestleMania. So, but technically on the road to Elimination Chamber going down in three weeks. So we are on the road to Elimination Chamber. Road to WrestleMania. I'm just going to say it's going to be a wild time and let's see how this road to WrestleMania goes, to be brutally honest. Because it's going to be a wild one. We all know it's going to be a wild one. Everyone knows it's going to be a wild one. I think it's going to be the best one yet and the best one in many, many years. So let's just all enjoy it. Again, news of the week coming back into the fold next week. I'm very excited to be doing, you know, talking about the news and all that good stuff. And I hope you are too. Again, Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, whatever you're doing. Enjoy yourselves. And of course, as I always say, it is Saturday. And I know some of y'all are going to be going out this evening and enjoying all, you know, the fun shit. But of course, you know, make sure, you know, drink responsibly. Make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home. Don't be getting no DUIs out here and spending exorbitant amounts of money you don't need to be spending. Be responsible. Enjoy yourselves, though, but do it responsibly. Have one for me, as always. I'll get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll see you guys next Saturday for episode 379 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.